Chapter Twenty Four of Traylon. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Rowdy Delaney, Idaho, USA. Traylon, by Max Brand, Chapter Twenty Four, Samuel Hall. But with the stage set. And the curtain ready to rise on the farce. The audience did not arrive until the shadow of the evening blotted the windows of the office where Big Lawler waited impatiently, rehearsing his part. But when the lamp had been lighted, as though that were a signal for which the tenderfoot had waited, came a knock at the door of the room, and then it was jerked open, and the head of one of the cowpunchers inserted. He's coming. The head disappeared. The door slammed. Lawler stretched both arms wide, shifted his belt. Loosened his gun in the holster for the fiftieth time and exhaled a long breath. Once more the door jerked open, and this time it was the head and sullen face of Nash, enlivened now by a peculiarly unpleasant smile. He's here. As the door closed, the grim realization came to Lawler that he could not face the tenderfoot. His staring eyes and his pallor would betray him, even if the jerking of his hands did not. He swung about in the comfortable chair, seized a book. And whisking it open, bowed his head to read. All that he saw was the dance of irregular black lines. Voices sounded through the hall outside. "Sure, he'll see you," Calamity Ben was saying. "And if you want to put up for the night, there ain't nobody more hospitable than the chief. Right in here, son." The door yawned. He could not see, for his back was resolutely toward it, and he was gripping the cover of the book hard to steady his hands. But he felt a breath of colder air from the outer hall. He felt, above all, a new presence peering in upon him, like a winter-starved lynx that might flatten its round face against the window and peer in at the lazy warmth and the comfort of the humans around the hearth inside. Some such feeling sent a chill through Lawler's blood. "Hello," called Calamity Ben. "Humph," grunted Lawler. "Got a visitor, Mister Drew. Bring him in." And Lawler cleared his throat. All right, here he is. The door closed, and Lawler snapped the book shut. Drew said a low voice. The cowpuncher turned in his chair. He intended to rise, but at the sound of that controlled menace, he knew that his legs were too weak to answer that purpose. What he saw was a slender fellow who stood with his head somewhat lowered while his eyes peered down from under contracted brows, as though the light were hurting them. His feet were braced apart, and his hands dropped lightly on his hips. The very picture of a man ready to spring into action, under the great brush of his mustache, Lawler set his teeth. But he was instantly at ease, for if the sight of the stranger shook him to the very center, the other was even more obviously shocked by what he saw. The hands dropped limp from his hips and dangled idly at his sides. His body straightened almost with a jerk, as though he had been struck violently. And now, instead of that searching look, he was blinking down at his host. Lawler rose and extended a broad hand and an even broader smile. He was proud of the strength which had suddenly returned to his legs. "How are you, stranger? Sure glad to see you." The other accepted the proffered hand automatically, like one moving in a dream. "Are you Drew?" "Sure am." "William Drew?" He still held the hand as if he were fearful of the vision escaping with that sensible bondage. "William Drew is right. Sit down." Make yourself at home. Thanks," breathed the other, 
and as if that breath expelled with it all his strength, he slumped into a chair and sat with a fascinated eye glued to his host. Lawler had time to mark now the signs of long and severe traveling which the other bore. Streaks of mud disfigured him from heel to shoulder, and his face was somewhat drawn like a man who has gone to work fasting. William Drew, he repeated, more to himself than to Lawler. The latter formed a silent prayer of gratitude that he was not William Drew. I'm forgetting myself, went on the tenderfoot with a ghost of a smile. My name is Bard, Anthony Bard. His glance narrowed again, and this time Lawler, remembering his part, pretended to start with surprise. Bard? Yes, Anthony Bard. Glad to know you. You ain't by any chance related to a John Bard. Why? Had a partner once by that name. Good old John Bard. He shook his head as though overcome by recollections. I've heard something about you and your partner, Mr. Drew. Yes? In fact, it seems to be a rather unusual story. Well, it ain't common. John Bard. I'll tell the world there was a man. Yes, he was. What's that? He must have been, answered Anthony, for all I've heard of him. I'm interested in what I scrapped together about you. You see, he carries the same name. That's natural. How long since you ate? Last night. The hell. Starved? Rather. It's near chow time. Will you eat now or wait for the regular spread? I think I can wait. Thank you. A little drink right now to help you along, eh? He strode over to the open door. Hey, Shorty! For answer, there came only the wail of an old pirate song. Oh, my name's Samuel Hall, Samuel Hall. My name's Samuel Hall, Samuel Hall. My name's Samuel Hall. And I hate you one and all. You're a gang of muckers all. Damn your eyes. Listen, said Lawler, turning to his guest with a deprecating wave of the hand. A cook what sings. Which in the old days I wouldn't have had a bum like that around the place. But there ain't no choosin' now. The voice from the kitchen rolled out louder. I killed a man, they said, so they said. I killed a man, they said, so they said. I killed a man, they said, for I hit him on the head and left him there for dead. Damn your eyes. Hey, Shorty Kilrain, bellowed the aggravated host. He turned to Bard. What do you do with a bum like that for a cook? Pay him wages and keep him around to sing songs. I like this one. Listen. They put me in the quad, in the quad. They put me in the quad, in the quad. They put me in the quad. They chained me to a rod. And they left me there, by God. Damn your eyes. Kilrain, come here. Make it fast or I'll damn your eyes. He explained to Bard. Got to be hard with these fellers or you never get nowhere with them. Yo ho, answered the voice of the singer and approached booming. The parson he did come, he did come. The parson he did come, did come. The parson he did come, he looked almighty glum. He talked of kingdom come, damn your eyes. And Shorty loomed in the doorway and caught his hand to his forehead in a nautical salute. He had one bad eye, and now it squinted villainously as if he were the real Samuel Hall. Right o sir. What do you have, mate? Don't mate me, you ignorant sweepin' of the South Sea, but trot up some red eye and gallop. The ex sailor shifted his quid so that it stuck far out in the opposite cheek with such violence of pressure that a little white spot appeared through the tan of the skin. He regarded Lawler for a silent moment with bowful eyes. What the hell are you looking at? roared the other. On your way. 
the features of Kilrain twitched spasmodically. Right-o, sir. Another salute, and he was off, his voice coming back less and less distinctly. So up the rope I'll go, I will go. So up the rope I'll go, I'll go. So up the rope I'll go, with a crowd all down below, yelling, Sam, I told you so. Damn your eyes. End of chapter 24